There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here are your hosts, Speedy Mormon and Olivia Harlan Decker. Yo, welcome back to Unleashed from the King of Sportsbooks, Bet MGM. We have from Bleacher Report and TBS Adam Lefko on the show to talk about the NBA trade deadline and to share an experience that he had with Ja Rule, and it was definitely an interesting one. Plus, we have Olivia taking us around the country to share with us her favorite bites in her segment, Olivia Eats. And this week, it's from the home of the tournament, Indianapolis. Olivia, you got some good food spots in Indy? I sure do. I had so much fun eating my way through Indianapolis, and that was kind of the best way to preview the NCAA tournament, in my eyes. In your eyes, and you'll put it through our stomachs, hopefully, uh, and, and we'll be able to consume it in a way that... I wish we could in person, but we can't. And finally, here on this week's Lions Lock, Peter Andrew from BetMGM will talk about what Vegas got wrong and right and his locks for the Sweet 16. But first and foremost, Olivia, I know you and I are both chomping at the bit to speak about the NCAA tournament. It's truly madness in March. What do you make of everything that's been going on? Well, Speedy, I I just got to say, I'm feeling a little sick, but if I wasn't, I wanted to sing you a song and it was going to be a dream is a wish your heart makes because this is the Cinderella story. This is the best March I think I've ever witnessed. And did I tell you or did I tell you last week? This is the year to pick the randoms. This is the year to go off of your favorite colors, your favorite mascots and I was so right. Nine double digit seeds advance, my man. I mean, this is wild. You're lucky I'm not singing to you this week. Maybe next week (laughs) if some of these teams keep making a run. But yeah, I've got a little head cold or allergies or something. So bear with me on my voice. But okay, this first weekend was absolutely crazy. I don't know about you, but I was glued to not one TV, multiple TVs in my house. I had going. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've printed out three brackets. I'm walking around from the kitchen to the living room to the basement, making sure I'm not missing a single game. And I don't feel like I did. I honestly think I had eyeballs on just about every game. This is as seriously as I've ever taken my bracket. And I don't know why, because it looks yeah, how's like it, hell. How's it going? Is it, is it like a Frankenstein uh, image there? I imagine a lot of your picks are already on their way home back to their Oh, campuses. 100%. Listen, listen to this. This is garbage. This, my trash day is Friday, but I should just go ahead and speed this one up. I had Ohio State going to the Final Four. Wow. <laughs> They're out of there. I had Illinois going into the national championship. They're so out did there. I, and they're gone. <laughs> well, let's let's kind of break this down a little bit because, like I said, nine double-digit seeds advanced to the second round. So you look at like Drake; they were an eleven seed. They won their first tournament game in fifty years. No one picked Drake. 
your Syracuse Orange. They were an 11 seed. They hmm. beat six seed San Diego State. And then Woo! our producer, Maddie's very sad, three seed West Virginia. Packed them up too. They face one seed Houston. Yeah, I know Maddie's upset. And then the story I'm loving, there's like four stories I'm loving, but eight seed Loyola Chicago. They've got that 101-year-old nun, Sister Jean. Everyone Sister loves Jean. her. Yeah. Sister Jean in the house. Do you see she's doing Hail Mary. She's doing the rosary. She's she was you don't want to bet against Sister Jean. Never Have you seen a thing. Power or two? of prayer. She's she she's got it. She's anointed with Power the oil. Power of prayer. They beat Georgia Tech. Then they beat one seed in-state rival. In fact, I don't even know if you can call them an in-state rival. They're not even on the same playing field. They beat the in-state giant, Illinois. First one yeah. seed to go down. That was Sunday. And they'll advance to play 12-seed Oregon State. That's Saturday. Oregon State is cooking. Their head coach is feisty. I kind of like this Oregon State team, I got to say. They just beat Oklahoma State and that projected number one seed or projected number one pick in the NBA draft, Kate yeah, Cunningham. Kate. So, yep. man, my first question to you, Speedy, with Loyola Chicago, their mascot is the Ramblers. What is a Rambler? Do you know what a Rambler is? <laughs> a Rambler? I think mm-hmm. it's a... Um... You know, it's a toss up here. It could be a, uh, I'm assuming it's an animal, right? I'm well, assuming- so their mascot is like a wolf looking thing, like a okay. husky slash wolf. But their name is the Ramblers. Ramblers. So I Googled it. Rambler? Yeah, I, I didn't know. I Googled it. A Rambler is a person who enjoys going on long walks, often as an organized group and often in the countryside. Ah, uh, see, look, maybe it's some sort of metaphor. Like, look, we walk together on these long journeys as one, like as a unit. And that's why together we're the Ramblers. Or is that a reach? That's, I don't know. Is that a reach? It's, it's a thought. It is a thought. Um, but a lot of people think that they are going to go far. Uh, Sister Jean has them in her final four. I don't know if she's picked them to win at all. I would think she would. But they went to the final four in 2018. So it's not impossible. It can be done again. It can be done again. It can. And I like what she said after. They interviewed Sister Jean after, and she said, if we can be Illinois, we can be anyone on this piece of paper. So I love that. And they can. They truly can. One seed goes down. I like them. Did you also see their star player? I cannot think of the guy's name, but he's got a very memorable mustache. Yes. He looks like okay. that one actor from <laughs> Remember the Titans. Who's gotten shape? I, I I don't know his name, but you'd know him if you see him. The best player on Loyola looks like the guy from Remember the Titans. Well, I was I was watching this game. I was out with my sisters. We were getting some Mexican food, and we were really wanting to hunker down and watch the Wisconsin game. My husband played there. We're huge Badger fans. My dad was calling the game on CBS, so we were all buckled in for that. On one of the side TVs, we start seeing this Loyola Illinois beatdown, and I'm like, oh oh my gosh, you guys look look. And then, you know, they're not huge basketball fans, I would say. They, you know, I have all my brackets printed out on the table, moving over my margaritas to make room. And margaritas, plural. And my (laughs) sisters are sitting there saying, oh, my God, is that kid in college? (laughs) He looks like a grown man, like a grown adult. Uh, Oh, it's too funny. So, yeah, uh, uh, Cameron Krutwig, we are learning is his name for the Ramblers. Yes. Okay, so that was... Gold. So I think the coolest thing about what you had to know from the first couple days of games was that four teams, four speedy, seeded 13 or worse, advanced to the round of 32. That's the most ever in the tournament. That is absolutely incredible. So my next question for you, 
13 seed North Texas beat four seed Purdue. It's their first ever tournament win. Do you know where North Texas is? And the answer is not North Texas. You can't say that. That's off limits. I was going to say Northern Texas, but I'm assuming (laughs) that you won't accept that either. Nope. Do I know where North Texas is? The short answer is no, but I'm going to give you a guess. Okay. Because what am I here for if not to guess? Sure. I'm going to say that North Texas is somewhere like above Dallas, like maybe somewhere north of Fort Worth. I don't, I'm really reaching here though. I really don't know. No, you're not, you're not wrong. It's, it's a little bit north east of Dallas, sorry, northwest of Dallas. I had to do my never eat soggy waffles analogy, but yeah, they're, it's in Denton, Texas. Okay. Do you know their team name? Like their nickname? I don't. No, I was I was reaching, but no, I don't. The so mean green, it? the mean. Well, green. I knew that their jerseys are green, but I yes, yeah, okay. I wouldn't have okay. guessed the mean green. Okay, that you're still at zero. Okay, I <laughs> so. like the mean green better than the Ramblers, though. I might say, okay. I'd prefer to be the the mean green. Okay, well, okay, moving forward. So then, 14 seed Abilene Christian, they beat in state giant also. Three seed Texas Shaka Smart falls to O in three in the NCAA tournament. They cannot win in March. It's just absolutely crazy. But let me tell you this about Abilene Christian. I've got a bunch of Texas relatives. A lot of them went to Abilene Christian. One of them played football at Abilene Christian. I never thought I'd be talking about them in March again. And I wanted to ask you this as well. So there's 5,000 students who go to Abilene Christian. It's out, like I said, in rural West Texas. They have daily chapel. And this little team from out in Abilene, Texas, has made this in- impressive statement. And just two years ago, Speedy, was their first ever tournament appearance. So, I mean, just mm. getting there is impressive enough. And here they are beating Texas. Yes. And did you Texas. see one of the players on the team, I don't know his name, but threw up the Longhorn on both hands in a photo, and that photo was trending on Twitter this past weekend. It was quite the the, the ballsy move, but yeah. he earned the right to do so. He threw up the, yeah. the Longhorn because he sent them packing. I love it. Okay, well, here's another one, and this is probably, I think, the story of the tournament so far. It's 15-seed Oral Roberts. They win their Man. first tournament game in 47 years, they beat two-seed Ohio State. They won by three in overtime. That was one of many overtime games. They were a 16-point underdog. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. But to think it's been, what, five years since a 15-seed has advanced past the first round. That was Middle Tennessee. That was 2016. That was a huge story. But here's my next question for you, Speedy. Pronounce the following word. A-B-M-A-S. Acebus. Okay, you watched and you probably were ready for that. <laughs> yes. Listen, Ace Miss is the last Mid-court name Max. of the nation's... Midcourt Max. That's the last name of the nation's leading scorer, whom I was unfamiliar Great. with. I, I mean, I was familiar with him, but I was not familiar with the pronunciation of his last name until... Yeah. I think it was Jay Billis who yeah. brought it to my attention that you don't pronounce the B there. And I would have Dang been it. butchering this young man's name. But shout out to him because he had... A very impressive first two rounds. He absolutely did. Yeah, it's a German last name. I was curious as well. The B is silent. Okay, pronounce the following word. O-B-A-N-O-R. 
O-B-A-N-O-R. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's O'Banner. Close. O'Banner. I, I O'Banner, yes. Kept, every time I read it, you know how you kind of pronounce things in your head as you're reading? Every time I would read that name, because he's he had 30 points in one of their games as he well. He was killing, killing. Killing it. I, I kept saying Obanor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, so O'Banner. Oral O'Banner, Roberts. Do you know where Oral Roberts is? <laughs> Not a clue. I couldn't tell you. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Is it? Okay. Have yeah. you been to Oklahoma before? My mom is from Tulsa and went to OU. Wow. A, lo- a lot of, I'm, I'm telling you what, I don't know who out, out there believes in a higher power, but if you don't, you should check out your bracket because we got Oral Roberts, small Christian school, Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean, Sister Jean. and Abilene Christian. I mean, there's, there's a higher power at play in the March Madness bracket, but Oral Roberts, just an absolutely incredible story. Just the second 15 seed ever to advance to the sweet 16. They are truly making history. One of my favorite sports writers, Pete Thamel, he described them like this. They're well-coached, under-recruited, overachievers. I just mm. absolutely love that. Their head coach was under Scott Drew at Baylor. And, and just to kind of wrap up of this March Madness run and when you're a team that wasn't expected to go far and you do, their head coach said, you know, I'm just glad we have a chance to do laundry. I'm glad that tomorrow <laughs> I run out of clothes that I packed. I thought that was amazing. That's the goal. The goal is to have to do laundry, you know, and earn another... 40 minutes out there on the hardwood. That is the goal. But what an exciting first couple rounds from the tournament. I know that on our next episode in a week from now, there will be very likely another upset and more brackets busted and more stuff for us to talk about. So I can't wait. Now, in the meantime, coming up next, we've got Adam Lefko from Bleacher Report. You're listening to Unleashed. Well, Olivia, joining us now is a guy that you've definitely seen on the NBA on TNT. You've seen him on Bleacher Report. And as you pointed out to me, he is an Emmy award-winning sportscaster. His name is Adam Lefko, and I'm excited for him to talk about some NBA trade deadline stuff with us. Adam Lefko, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you with us. And this week is a big week, my man. NBA trade deadline, Thursday, 3 Eastern. This airs Thursday morning. If you can give us a little run through and let's start with the East, because I feel like that's where you were wanting to go. Let's start with the East. What are the names? What are the teams? Where does everyone need to focus today? Okay, so my Thursday is going to be crazy because for the first time, our Tuesday crew is hosting the Thursday show. So if anything breaks, we're going to have to cover it live. As we record this, it sure does seem like Aaron Gordon's going to be on the move. He came Mm -hmm. out and requested a trade Mm -hmm. formally. I think a lot of people know Aaron Gordon for his dunks, but analytically his defense has been really impressive this season. It's hard because you're in Orlando and people aren't really watching the magic. Whether it's the Celtics, whether it's the Sixers, the moves could be very interesting. If we're sticking in the East, could Kyle Lowry, some call the greatest Raptor of all time, is he on the move? As someone that is from Philadelphia, as someone that got his, can I curse on this podcast? Go for it. As someone who got their ass kicked by Kyle Lowry and AAU growing up, I would love to see him on the Sixers just to be the point guard that balances out Ben Simmons would be amazing. But 
Philadelphia and the Clippers seem to be the favorites for Kyle Lowry. And the question is, do the Sixers want to give up young pieces, whether it's Thibel and Maxi in, in addition to draft picks? And then for the Clippers, what do they give up? They don't really have any assets because they gave so much for Paul George and Kawhi before. So that'll be the question there. Do the Celtics make a move? Do they try and add a piece? It's, it's a lot more questions than answers right now. Yeah. Utah Jazz fans are going, do we want to add a piece? Are we comfortable? The Lakers, whether it's the buyout of Andre Drummond with the Cavs, right. do the Nets go after Andre Drummond to add to what looks like a great addition in Blake Griffin? So I, I don't think it's going to be a superstar being moved. I don't think okay. we're going to see a Bradley Beal. I don't know if we're going to see a Vucevic. But right now, it's those little pieces. And, and I think for me, the one that's most intriguing is Kyle Lowry, just because of his experience in the playoffs. And if he goes to a Clippers and if he goes to a Sixers, the odds of them making the championship run definitely get improved. Do you think the LeBron James injury with the Lakers is significant enough that they're going to have to make a move and get some peace to fill in, get a scorer? I know it's a high ankle sprain. There's no timetable on how long he's out, but with no AD, no LeBron, are they in need of size? Or what are the Lakers in need of? And, and do, they, do they make a move here? I think that they were in the need before LeBron got hurt. I just think mm-hmm. we all watched them in the bubble last year and saw how dominant to have beyond AD a JaVale McGee and a Dwight Howard. And it seems like a big loss. Apparently it was reported the morning of our recording that they are listening to deals from Montrez Harrell which I think would be unlikely, but I I don't think they need to make a move to stay where they are. The question is, does LeBron, the de facto GM, look at his team and go, I need more pieces? With Lowry potentially on the move, Adam, who do you think is a better suitor for him between the, the possible options there? I mean, with Philly, you got Embiid out for a little bit, and many people thought he could win MVP. Maybe they could use some more offensive power there? What, what, what do you think is the best fit for him? It sounds like the two biggest suitors are the Clippers and the Sixers. The Clippers mainly because they've been very reliant on the three-point shot. Patrick Beverly is more of an idea than a reality right now. When people talk about Patrick Beverly, I think they're thinking about like the Houston Beverly like four or five years ago, and they would really love that experienced point guard to set up Paul George and Kawhi. And that experience with Kawhi in Toronto is very intriguing. But as I I said earlier, they don't have a lot of pieces. And so it's what Toronto doesn't want to give away arguably the best player in their franchise just because they can. And so for the Sixers, they have a number of first round picks, some that aren't even theirs. And they have those young pieces and they have a number of expiring contracts, whether they're restricted free agents. They have guys like Danny Green. They have guys like Maxi, which is at least a young piece you can get back. The other piece for the, the Raptors that they may trade, oh, don't forget, I, I feel bad for the Raptors. They've been down in Tampa Bay. They've been living in a hotel. So they've been quarantining more than anybody. And I think they've lost, I don't have it right, they've lost like 10 or something in a row. Like, it's been rough for this Raptors team. So it would make sense for uh, Masai to, to maybe move on from some of these older players. But Norman Powell, is someone that has been killing it lately. Yeah. And I think he had like a 40-point game the other day. He's someone, though, that if you're the Raptors, you're going, 
do we extend him and make him a piece of our core? Do we want the future of our team to be him, Pascal Siakam? Is that our future? Or do we move him and get a lot of pieces and kind of start rebuilding? But I know the market is really exciting if he became available. I'm selfishly a little bummed because there was talk a couple months ago in the offseason that Toronto was going to play in Kansas City. I live here in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes was making a big case for that. And I, I got to say, Kansas City with an NBA team would be fire. We have such a good basketball blueprint here because we just love, you know, KU basketball is so huge here. And I, I think if Patrick Mahomes touches anything, it turns to gold. But that's a whole whole other story. As we were continuing to talk about the East, what about it? I covered the Atlanta Hawks for years, and you know we always played second fiddle. Even when we played in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know it was like, well, who's just going to get gobbled up by Golden State? It's it's you yep. know a, a prize to win second. But what do you think is so different this year about the Eastern Conference? Well, we haven't talked about the team that look. I grew up a Sixers fan, but I cannot stop watching the Brooklyn Nets when they come on television. Thank you. And that's because, you know, Speedy mentioned earlier the injury with LeBron. We have injuries right now to LeBron, Joel Embiid. So two of the top MVP vote-getters. Candidates, yeah. We we have Jokic that has been unbelievable, but the success of the, the Nuggets hasn't been as consistent as other teams. Dame Lillard has made a case, but how we are not talking about James Harden Yes. is more of a fact that people don't like him and they mm. can't look past it. Don't forget that the media votes for MVP and the media really didn't like that. James Harden was seen at a birthday party at a strip club and that he seemed to be not be following quarantine uh, rituals and, and, and all that. And he forced a trade. But if we're talking about MVP, this is a man that with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving missing weeks on end, carried this team to within a half a game of first place in the East, still within striking distance, and the team that he left has now lost 20 games in a row. So if we're talking about valuable, I think he's really shown it. So I look at the East right now, and I think there's four teams, and then there's a drop-off. But I think there's a gap between the top two. I think it's, and maybe three. I just have a lot of Bucks fatigue because it's, they remind me of like the Cincinnati Bengals back when it was Andy Dalton and uh, Chad Johnson and all those guys because it's like, I need to see in the playoffs, but it's net Sixers. Then you have the Bucks and the, the whole Giannis should be the MVP race is starting up again. And then it's like the Heat have made a run, you know, oh, the Hawks can be good. And I just, I just think there's, so really, I think it's like three teams, but for me, the Nets, I feel like the Nets are going to the finals. I hope my Sixers compete, but it feels like the Nets. With the addition of Blake Griffin, who we just discovered can dunk the basketball again, (laughs) uh, how do you think that changes things for the Nets? Does it make it better? Does it make it worse? And did you know that Blake Griffin could still dunk? Yeah. Like... (laughs) I think this is, this is, it reminds me a lot of James Harden, where remember, James Harden was grossly overweight before he came to the Nets. And then all of a sudden, he was great again. And I think talking to, to D Wade on set and just talking about something that a lot of people don't talk about in sports motivation and happiness. We talk a lot about statistics, we talk a lot about potential. But when a player feels motivated, 
and they are surrounded by people that make them happy. It's unbelievable how much better they are on the court. And I think that if you were Blake Griffin and you were signed a five-year deal with the Los Angeles Clippers in a top three NBA market and, and, and you were there on the bottom and now we're at the top and then you get traded to the Pistons and you can't talk trash because you don't want to insult your new owner and your new teammates and now you get to go to Brooklyn like and with Durant and Kyrie and there's no pressure on you. I think a lot of people make too much of, oh, is he going to be upset not starting? He's excited to be winning. He's excited to be in a culture of accountability. His coach is Steve Nash with Dan Tony. Like, he's probably looking at the old Phoenix Suns and going, I can do what Amari Stoudemire did. I can set yeah. a screen and roll. And so I don't think it completely moved the needle to where it's like, whoa, just like I don't think P.J. Tucker going to the Bucks is that huge. But could Blake Griffin and P.J. Tucker give you a surprise 20 in game four of a playoff series? Absolutely. The thing that scared me about Blake Speedy was him and DeMarcus Cousins have only shot threes this season. Like, it was weird. It was like, I want to prove to people that I can shoot threes. But I also think that when you go to a team like this, now it's, let me, let me hustle. Let, you know, he was, I watched that game on Sunday, and he's making defensive stops and all that, and, and that's what they need. So I don't think it, it's a guarantee because I don't think he can cover Embiid. I still think they could be in the running for Andre Drummond, but getting guys that are great teammates and, and can be successful, you can't go wrong with them. You said you mentioned the Brooklyn Nets probably being in the finals. You like them. They're obviously putting together quite the roster. Who do they face in the finals? If you had to guess right now in March, mid-March. Yeah, I think Nets Sixers is what I would predict for the Eastern Conference finals. And then for the West, I still, I'll just do the finals because I don't know exactly who's going to win the playoffs and all that. But sure. the Lakers are still in there. Yeah. You know, like I'm not betting against LeBron. Like how, like how many times do we need to see this guy carrying his team to the finals until we realize it's him? So he'll get a rest right now as hopefully AD comes back sooner. I think a sleeper team, if we're looking down the odds board there at, at MGM, I do think the Nuggets are a sleeper team. I could see them being active at the trade deadline. I just think that as I've had to do all these Tuesday shows, I look at all the injuries and the Nuggets have just been decimated. And so now that they're getting healthy and Jokic has kind of kept them in striking distance, I think they're very interesting. I, I have a lot of hope for the Suns, but I don't think I'm ready to put them in the finals just yet. I, I feel the same way about the Clippers. And I don't know, like, I feel the same way about the Clippers I do about the Bucks, where I just got a lot of doubt when it comes to the playoffs, you know? And, and I don't want to start talking about playoff P and all that stuff, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> well, going to be on, tough. I'm confused. Why, why are you so down on the Bucks? Why do you have Bucks fatigue? You didn't really explain that. Okay. And I'm a because, Bucks fan, so yeah, <laughs> I want sure. you to explain it to me. Well, you tell me if this scares <laughs> you. We have now seen the last few playoffs a team that has been dominant in the regular season get absolutely figured out in the playoffs and their coach, Budenholzer, who I like, not adapt at all. They've thrown up the wall on Giannis and he's been relegated to a rebounder outlet passer and we haven't seen consistent shooting. And so I think regular season Chris Middleton has not translated into playoff Chris Middleton. 
Drew Holiday gives me a lot of hope, but I, I look at yes. the rest of the roster and I go, and, and look, could Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker be the magic elixir to get them past the, the problems in the past? Sure. I think for me, though, my issues are more with Budenholzer than anything because the Spolstras of the world and Miami Heat, who I left out earlier, mm-hmm. when that turns into a half-court game, and you can't be relying on transition as much as the Bucks usually are during the regular season. The way that they defend the Bucks has been a huge issue. And so that's really my mm-hmm. concern is I think that if the Bucks don't make it this year, I think he might be in trouble. I, I don't wish that on anybody, mm. but I think you have to start asking questions of the adapting, which, Olivia, as you mentioned, those Hawks teams that were winning 60 games, it was the same question. Mm. This is fine right now. But when we get into the playoffs, you don't adapt. And so that's really my issue. And that goes back to Budenholzer. That's yes, your problem. Exactly. Wow. So it's personal. Adam, it's you not. said it's not. It's not. It definitely seems <laughs> personal, it. Adam. I, I got to be honest. But, uh, you, you know, you said that you were excited about Brooklyn. And I want to take it to Queens for a second and away from basketball for a second as well. And I want to speak about Ja Rule. Because if I rewind a year ago, to Super Bowl weekend in Miami, I watched you host a lip sync contest and do a rendition of Ja Rule in, in some sort of duet. Can you tell Olivia here about what I was able to see that day and, and, and why that was so special? So I wasn't hosting, I was participating. And Olivia, okay, it was me. with our mutual friend, oh. uh, Taylor Rooks. We were doing okay. a Ja Rule, J-Lo duet. And I thought, Speedy, it was like one of those like influencer events that was like really chill. Like I like we walked into this hotel and I was like, oh, there's like these little lounges. This is going to be real low key and we'll have fun. And then I walk into the back and it's like Venus Williams, CC Sabathia, Wade, Carrie Champion. Like Gabby Union was there. Gabby, like and there were so many people that didn't perform that were like Bazoma. Like I was like, this is nuts. And they're like, yeah, so are you ready to go to the stage? And I was like, the stage? What are you talking about? They take us out back and there's like 500 people in front of a stage. They're like, yeah, you're going to perform there. We're going to do like a mic check. And I was like, this is crazy. And we changed our song to Ja Rule and, and J-Lo. And the lady. I'm real. I'm real. And the lady tells me, you know that Ja Rule's here. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is my dream. And so we went out there. We did it. I got a nine from Gary Vaynerchuk, which I appreciated. And then we became friends after that. But I thought I killed it. I was able to get my Ja Rule voice. Hello, hello. You know, I I think I can hit those. Oh, was that it? Was that it? Kind of. (laughs) Are you Ellie? That's more it. Olivia, when I tell you he did the voice for the whole song, bro, like the entire song, it was impressive that he was able to sustain it for that long. That was the most impressive. Speedy Ja DM'd me and was like, I heard you in the back. That was amazing. (laughs) And I was like, this is great. Wow. The one thing, though, that I haven't shared with anybody is, and I totally forgot until this moment, at one point I sat down and I was like singing when I was sitting down. That state because it rained was so wet that my entire ass it looked like i had shit my pants and so the whole time i'm trying to like rap 
but I'm also trying not to show anybody like that. I look like, like. (laughs) okay. Do you remember what the three judges were, by the way, it was Tiana Taylor, Gary Vaynerchuk. And it was like an influencer that you've definitely seen on like vine and Instagram with like 20 million followers. Yep. 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 But I didn't know who they were. Yep. 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 So I also was like, Gary Vaynerchuk, the blah, Tiana Taylor, her new album just dropped. She's great. And then I went, and then I went, I was like, oh shit, I have no idea who this is. And I was like, and I don't even need to say her name because she's killing it. But like, I had no idea who she was. Bro, I oh, I'm going to remember that. that. That's a good trick. I remember that, bro. And they were, Olivia, they were. She looked like Lana stars. Del Rey, but I was like, that's not Lana no. Del Rey. There were stars in the, God, there was wait. a whole like celebrity row on the right side. Quavo was there. And I was like, I'm like, I'm about to do Ja Rule in front of Quavo. Quavo. <laughs> Scarier than doing it in front of Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Big vibe. Big time. Vibe. <laughs> so good. Thanks for bringing where, that up. Where, where does that rank amongst career accomplishments? Is that, is that somewhere near the top? Okay. So I've now beat Shaq the last two weeks in knockout and three point contest. So that's up there. In college, I won a 61-team beer pong tournament. That's up there. That's up there. But performing Ja Rule for Ja Rule and getting his approval is a top seven moment. I have to work on the other four. (laughs) Top seven. Fair enough. Adam, thank you so much for talking hoops with us and talking Ja Rule a little bit. You are uh, (laughs) more than welcome to come back in and kick it with us whenever you'd like. And if you'd ever like to bring the Ja Rule voice back, you're more than welcome to do so right here. If you guys ever need a bump or like a fake jaw rule support of the pod, you know what I mean? Like if you need like a that, cosign? I got like you. a fake cosign. Yeah, cosign. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Yo, you, I really bro. like this. Pod. No, now I'm getting into DMX. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, whoa, that got that got out there. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you, Adam. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Olivia eats. Well, Olivia, before the NCAA tournament and March Madness was breaking all of our brackets, what it, the, the Big Ten tournament was in Indianapolis, and obviously you were there to cover the whole thing, but not only cover it from a basketball perspective, because we put you on assignment to cover things from a food perspective as well. How was that food tour that you went on and what can you tell us? Well, Speedy, I am nothing if not a serious, hard-hitting journalist. And when I get an assignment, I give it my all. And I've got to tell you, (laughs) I was in Indy covering the Big Ten men's and women's basketball tournaments. So, you know, some days I'd have four games a day, super busy, but I still was committed to the cause. And so I'd leave the arena, walk across the street, try to knock off some of these places because I tweeted out, you know, y'all give me your best indie food recommendations. And my Twitter was flooded. So I had to pick, you know, what was closest, what was walkable, whatever. So let me start with just the spot. And the reason we're doing this whole rundown is because as you picture all these teams in Indy now for the NCAA tournament, you've got to picture where are all the big wigs going to eat? You know what I mean? I like to picture where the coaches are going, the university presidents, athletic directors, all the all the famous sports writers and reporters. So the the spot is St. Elmo's. It's a steakhouse. It's incredible. They're famous for their shrimp cocktail. 
It comes in this mm. ridiculously spicy horseradish sauce. And it's amazing. I have posted videos of all of this on my Instagram. If you want to go see it at Olivia Harlan Decker, shameless plug. It's incredible. And the bar is, you know, it's one of those steakhouses that's like dark and sexy and kind of old fashioned and, you know, a lot of dark wood and but big TVs. You can watch all the games. So I had an amazing vodka gimlet. That is my drink. You know, the crushed ice floating at the top. I mean, it was just perfection. Absolutely loved it. And you look around. I mean, the Nebraska men's basketball coaching staff was there. They were all enjoying and they were watching my table of my coworkers and myself as we ate the shrimp cocktail to see how much our eyes were going to water. So that was such a blast. Olivia, how spicy are we talking on the shrimp cocktail? Because cocktail sauce can be spicy depending upon how much horseradish you put. Is it like nose runny, don't touch your eyes spicy or, or help me out here? Yes. Like, you know, when you have sushi and you accidentally put too much wasabi in the soy sauce? Yes. That's what we're talking here. In fact, Got I it. could use it right okay. now. That'd probably clear out my sinuses. I feel like that would be a really uh, good thing I should have right now. Okay. So next door to St. Elmo's, if you can't get a reservation because it's really hard to, I, I did it like two weeks in advance. They also own Harry and Izzy's. It's next door. It's a little bit more casual sports bar. So that's another hot spot in Indy. And then if you really want something authentic to Indiana, because I know this is in Bloomington is, I think, the original. And there are a couple in downtown Indianapolis It's called Kilroy's. It's like their version, their local Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what I mean? A million TVs, really right. good food, really good service. And they're famous for these breadsticks, Speedy. Oh, my gosh. So I sit down at the bar. I'm in between games. I order my iced tea. You know, just I only have like 30 minutes before I got to get back to work. And I say, I'll, I'll take the breadsticks. And they say, give them oh, to okay. me. I'll take them. <laughs> they say, which ones? I say, I don't know, the famous ones. And they say, well, we have a breadstick of the month. And I say, great, what's that? It's buffalo chicken. So I order that, obviously. Oh. I rip them apart, melty cheese, and just spicy, like really good, thick pieces of chicken. It's delicious. So Kilroy's breadsticks, two thumbs up. Food in India is incredible. I think my next assignment needs to be like intermittent fasting or interval training segment because I definitely uh, went a little crazy with the food in Indy. Is there a such thing as going too crazy on food when you're not home? When you're on the road, it's like all bets are off. You know, you can kind of get away with anything. Yes, but I basically live on the road, so there's no excuse. I can't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. You make a good point. You make a good point. All right. Well, I'm excited if I ever have a trip to Indy on my itinerary. I've got all of these spots written down and I can't wait to try that shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's. That's what it was, St. Elmo's? St. Elmo's. Locked in. All right, now coming up, we've got this week's Lion's Lock where our guru from BetMGM, Peter Andrew, gives you all of the insider knowledge about which picks are worth your money and which ones you may want to hold off on. The Lions. Welcome back, Peter Andrew. Thank you so much for coming back. I know uh, you were a little hesitant to come back because, you know, I'm not going to hold this against you, but you, like everyone else, had a lot of inaccurate picks for the first two rounds. And everyone's looking at their bracket like, what the hell happened? And I need you to explain yourself, Peter. What happened? 
first off, I'm expecting a couple of Venmo requests because uh, probably <laughs> lost some people some money, yeah. ruined some brackets. But yeah, it was a crazy, obviously a crazy first couple of days of the tournament. A lot of things that we didn't expect to see. Obviously, teams like Oral Roberts, just amazing. I don't think we've had something quite like this where so many double-digit seeds have advanced. So, you know, unfortunate for some, but super exciting throughout the entire weekend. So now we're coming into the Sweet 16 weekend. Let's start with Oral Roberts since you talked about them. They're a 15 seed. They play three seed Arkansas. Can they keep this magic going or is this the better team's going to win out? Yeah, I think ultimately the better team will win out. <laughs> Every Cinderella story has the, the end to their historic run, but they're 11 and a half point underdogs. I love them to keep it close. I mean, they're riding so much momentum. They may not win outright. But I think for, for the betting world, I think you take them and they cover. Well, we know one seed Illinois is out. So one seed Baylor playing five seed Villanova. Now Villanova, you told us, wasn't going to even make it past Winthrop. So what's the deal with Baylor Villanova? Yeah, you know, without Gillespie, I, I for sure thought that there'd be uh, an opportunity for Winthrop to come in, sneak in, grab a win. But Robinson Earl, I mean, he was co-biggies player of the year. He proved it. I believe he had 22 in his first game against Winthrop. As long as they're playing a team game like that, and I guess as long as they have Jay Wright on the bench, they look to be in good shape. It's going to be a great one against Baylor. Expect it to be really close, but ultimately I think Baylor will end up taking it. Well, Peter, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a Syracuse guy, and many did not expect Cuse to make it this far, including our very own producer and you. <laughs> What's going on there, man? How far do you think Syracuse can go in this tournament and and would you bet your money on them against a two-seed Houston? So I think it's two words right there. Buddy Bayheim. I mean, the way he was shooting the ball, it's, uh, it was honestly unbelievable. Between that and the way they play that zone defense, I mean, they're so big. I think if they can rebound the basketball well against Houston, I think they went out right. That's one of my picks for, uh, for Sweet 16. Wow. 11-seed Cuse beating two-seed Houston. I would love it. Yeah. Peter, do any of these Cinderella's keep dancing past the Sweet 16? Well, it depends if you want to call Loyola Chicago a, uh, a Cinderella. I think they're probably the favorite in their region right now. I mean, uh, Cameron Crutwig played unbelievable. And what he did to Kofi Cockburn. The stash. I mean, you saw the last five. <laughs> the stash. Love the stash. The last five, seven minutes, Kofi was absolutely exhausted. It wasn't just the point production from Loyola, but it was just the, the second chances, the opportunities, the doubling. I mean, everything they did just completely wiped them out. So if they play with that kind of energy and they got Jesus on their side with Sister Jean, uh, I, I see them coming out of their region. They look really, really good. And, and I think certainly they'll cover on Saturday. So I have Gonzaga winning it all. Is that still looking the most favorable? Yeah. Anytime you come out of the first round with almost a 50 point win, I think you got to feel pretty good about it. Jalen Suggs didn't even look that great in his first game, but you got guys like Drew Timmy, you got Corey Kispert. They looked really, really good. I think Kispert ended up shooting five of five or six of six to start the game from three. And that's really what separated them to, to getting them kind of to that next level and end up eventually blowing out Norfolk. Peter, you gave us a bad bet last week with Winthrop over Villanova. I want to give you the opportunity at redemption here. What would you say is the best bet or, or maybe the most enticing bet that you see coming out of Vegas this week? Yeah, I think it's Loyola Chicago. I think given what they did last week, only a six and a half point favorite against Oregon State. Uh, something fishy about that line. I think they can end up winning by double digits. So that's ultimately my lock. But right behind is probably Q's money line where you sprinkle a bit of money there. 
and you could end up being a happy man. I love that. Peter, we're, we're hoping that you don't have to get many more Venmo requests after this week. But I'm, I'm riding with you, dog. I think uh, my dog, Buddy Beheim and the Syracuse Orange, led by Jim Beheim, have a good chance at that number two Houston. So we'll see. We will see what happens. Absolutely. Going to be a fun weekend again. Can't wait. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, Olivia, that's it. Episode one and two are in the books, and today was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Such a great time of the year for sports. I had so much fun eating my way through Indy, watching the first couple rounds of the tournament, and getting great picks from Peter for the Sweet 16. Exactly. There was so much action, and you can continue to catch all of the action from BetMGM by following them on all social media platforms at BetMGM. And please leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye, y'all. See you next week.